April has come and passed. May brought us a lot of wet weather. But it's starting to dry out in June and July for the boys of summer to finally hit the diamond. And boy, howdy, has the game has changed since we've last spoke to the man that I'm standing next to. Of course, it's a special edition of All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network because a familiar friend has joined the program tonight. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. 24 runs in the span. We're going to get shut out. Gambino. Hit to a home run. Yes, me. Choo choo. It's time for All Andy Alfred. And I love you guys. And welcome in to another edition of All Andy Alfred tonight. We're actually outside on the patio outside of Studio 71. Used to be Studio 72 because of Sergei Bobrovsky, but now he has come and passed, and now he's a Florida Panther. But we're not talking about hockey tonight. You are listening to me on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, Pandora, however you are listening to the program, wherever and whenever you're listening to the program. Thank you for tuning in. You can always be a part of the show, as always, by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. So we are doing the show tonight right here on the patio deck because, of course, we have hit the midway point. The Tigers are off tonight, of course. They'll open up a series on the road. The Indians will continue come back from their road trip in Cincinnati and come home. To set up a big homestand, but that is why we're not here. We're not going to talk. We're not just talking about the Tigers. We're not talking about the Indians. We're not going to talk about not much about the Reds and everything like that. We're going to recap the whole season in general so far, as we've hit the midway point of the season. And as Frank Sinatra says it best, I brought along a friend to do do this, ladies and gentlemen. I give you. My broadcast partner from back in the day, and I know if a lot of you that list, used to listen to the show, uh, we used to do a podcast together. It was called Andy and Money. We did it for, a, I'd say, about a few a few months, yeah, a, little a little bit, a few months. Um, but we are back together today. It's almost like Russo and Francesa back together for a one-time-only gig. But... Uh, Without further ado, I'd like to give it over to the man who who I call not only my cousin, but my one of my bestest, best friends, and that is Mr. Nick DeVera. Nick, good evening to you. Andy, welcome. Thanks for having me on here. Thank you. Thank you for coming along, and thank you for... Um, I know your schedule has been busy, but I, I noticed that you... Um, you took in some of the game over in Cleveland with the All Star Game, but I'm glad that you made it made it back over to Toledo to uh, do this podcast with me and give me some time. And um, it's it's truly a pleasure to be on the program, be with you tonight. Uh, yeah, it's great to be on. I always enjoy coming on here. From back from your YouTube days, I was uh, about once or twice a year visitor or guest, I should say, and I've always enjoyed it. Yeah, and we we went from being on YouTube to being on. Um, on uh on on Mixcloud and then we went then you and I did the podcast together and now we've gone into the this new format but um 
we're not just talking about we're not going to relive old history right now. We're 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 seeing history right now in front of us in Major League Baseball and to me Nick it has been so how should I put it? You know, it's it it's been an interesting season with regarding of the 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 fact that this season has been full of you know interesting plays injuries have have hurt a lot of teams so far this year um your early assessment this year on the way that the MLB and the, the way that the season has gone so far early on um this yeah this year has probably been one of the best years we've had in a while. Most importantly, I'm loving the home run totals going up and runs being scored. I think that's I don't I don't buy into the the juice ball conspiracy. I think there's just better. But but, uh, but you you think that this team this this the the amount of home runs going up and the amount of you know the amount of you know ERAs going up at the same time too. Do you think that that's you think that's because of the ball or is it just the way that the hitters are starting to read the pitchers a little bit more and more and you're seeing more of the just the pitcher that throws the three basics, a curveball, a two-seam or a four-seam fastball, and maybe a changeup. Well, I, I think it last, the past 20 years of baseball, front offices and development and scouting has just it's, it's, it's been redone. I, I don't think the ball is juiced. I, I 100% believe there's just better scouting better uh you know they know what to expect now i think hitters just just have the uh have the advantage now remember about 10 years ago the pitchers were dominant again remember the year of the pitcher was 2009 or 10 yeah 2010 was. was the year of the pitcher because i mean we had a total of six no hitters at that one time and you're looking at it now into this year we have not yet had one last year we had three and now and you know we're seeing more and more of the hitter like you said more of the hitters prevailing and everything but for me, you know, pitching is 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 very very key in every in every aspect. But you're seeing more of the ERAs going up and up and up, and that's kind of for me, it's kind of a little bit of a shock. Right, and it, some people are off put. I was listening to ESPN the other day, and they were like, "Oh, I don't know." But baseball is a game of adjustments, be it micro, you know, player to player, pitcher to batter, or macro, um, you know offense as a whole versus pitching as a whole i i think in you know it's 10 years pitching will be dominant again it's just all about scouting and uh preparation that's what i put it in you think it is is mostly that the players are finally realizing what the pitchers are finally throwing to them and they're just and they're just making finally making the contact with it i mean we we're not having another you know there's not another Greg Maddox that is out there. There, I mean, exactly. there. That's how the pitching was. Greg Maddox and and all the top pitchers: Oral Hershiser, John Schmoltz, um, uh, Clemens. Clemens. All these these big guys that were powerful pitchers are now, you know, they're they were dominant in their days. So we thought that you maybe the new crop of pitchers would be there. It's not. It's not there right now. You, no. Do you, you agree or disagree with that? I, I agree. And there's just so much more video and film we have on uh, on on players, not just pitchers, hitters too. There's just so much more film and video and more advanced analytics scouting. It's just it was expected this turnaround to happen. Now, do you think that you know 
technology is good in baseball when it comes to like stuff like that. I mean, you're you're seeing more of this like going with the Brian Kenny situation of the sabermetrics more and more. Do you think that's more now hurting baseball, or do you think it's actually providing more of a um, uh, more more help for the batter and more help for the manager and more help for the staff than anything else? Because I know we 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 discussed this in the past off 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 the show, but. I'd like to hear your opinion about that because, for me, it's it's different. It's totally different than than what it was back in the, like back when Billy Bean did it. He was the first one that ever did it. Um, no, I I think this helps baseball. I mean, the more information you can have on a player, be it your own, trying to develop them and find their strengths as opposed to their weaknesses, is. Or, you know, against the opposing team. You know, what's the opposing pitcher's weakness? What's the opposing pitcher's strength and batter and all that? I think it's great for the game. People, you know, like my dad or, you know, they, just, they don't really care for the stuff, which is fine. But I think that the more analytical you get, the more research you can do, be it for um, just game by game, like I said, the opposing player's strength, weakness, or uh, developing and drafting, it only helps baseball. I, I just, I can't imagine... Why anyone think that it wouldn't help baseball? I mean, I think it is helping baseball. You know, and it's also helping, I think, in my opinion, baseball is starting to adapt, starting to adapt a little bit of, um, uh, they're starting to adapt more towards the, the millennials and the situation like that because they're incorporating technology and they're incorporating, they're incorporating stuff like that. Right. Um, I'm actually reading a book right now. It was sent to me from a, uh, a member of a Facebook, uh, Fangraphs baseball, uh, Facebook page, Effectively Wild. It's called The MVP Machine. It's written by Ben Lindbergh. And actually, when I'm done reading it, if you like, I can let it to you. If yeah, you like. I'll It actually that. talks about how analytics has uh, changed the way we, we draft and the way we uh, scout and everything. And it's actually an interesting read. Uh, now, obviously, it's biased from my perspective, so you have to keep an open mind about that when you read yeah, it. Yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, analytics is great. And, uh, you know, baseball 20 years ago was, you know, bunning and stealing and, you know, strikeouts are bad for the hitter. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the outward trajectory of baseball – I think isn't a good is heading positive, and that's in that in that regard. You think it you think it's going in the right direction now, yes. more more with technology and instead of the digressing, because you're seeing more and more of teams. In my opinion, I, I you're seeing more and more teams going towards that more and more now. But do you think it's a good thing that everybody's sizing each other up, or do you think it's a bad thing that everybody's sizing each other up in the long run? Because, I mean. We're, think about it as like New England Patriots were doing the the, the spy gate on every situation. They were breeding in on everybody and everything like that. Is there a situation like that when it comes to baseball? Well, you had the uh, Cardinals executives breaking into the Astros database. It was about four or five years ago or so. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's good because if everyone is using advanced metrics. Um, you know, 20 years ago with Billy Bean, they pretty much went by uh, on-base percentage was the big, big stat. Well, everyone started using that. So they have to find new ed stats, new, uh, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, market inefficiencies. 
And the more that people use it, uh, those type of uh, analytics and stats and formulas and trajectories and projections, uh, more people are going to use it, so data is less unique, which means more research is needed, and you just get better and better and better quality stuff. I can't even keep up with fan half the Fangraph stats anymore. Really? Yeah, there's just so much now. And it's good. It's Like I said, it's great. It's great for the game. It is. I mean, it really is. We're sitting down with uh, my old broadcast partner, uh, Nick the Money Man Devera, of course, right here on the Anchor Network with yours truly, Andy Alford, as we are breaking down the MLB midseason right here on, on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, podcast now however you're listening to me wherever you are listening to me thank you for tuning in and uh we're now going to dive into a little bit of what we've seen so far in the first half with regarding i'm, I'm going to throw a few teams out towards what we what we feel like and um and we'll 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 see how it's going to go so Nick, the, the the question to me is: We're, we're going to look at, at each division, and we're going to start with the American League first and foremost. And Nick, to me, it is clearly three teams in the East that are are the two uh, are the three teams that are are dominant, and that's starting off with the New York Yankees. The Yankees this year have been were absolutely ravaged with injuries at the beginning of the season. You had no Aaron Judge. You had no Giancarlo Stanton. You had Gary Sanchez was out. You mostly had you had Scranton Rail Riders. It was the JV team. The JV team yeah. of the Yankees on the field. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing Judge come back. You've seen Giancarlo come back. Sanchez is now starting to hit the cover off the ball. And you got Didi that's Didi. You're exactly right. Didi DeGorius is coming back as well too. Your thoughts on on the Yankees so far in, in the first half of the year? I mean, if you look at their record when it comes to that, I mean, they are right now at 57 and 31. They're six and a half games up in first place to the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, what do you think that there's no stopping the Yankees in winning this division? Oh, yeah. I mean, they were ravaged, as you said, by injuries. No Stan, no Judge, no uh, Torres, no uh, Gregorius, any any of them. And they have a, they had a huge lead in the American League East. Right now, they're about six and a half up. Uh, so, they were, you know, Boston kind of slipped out of the gate. They say it's the hangover, World Series hangover, which could be. But even, like, with the JV team or the Scranton team, as you were saying, uh, they still had a huge lead and playing well. Now they're getting everybody back. The Yankees are just—they uh, might be the best team in baseball this year. Really? I, they might be. I—I—I, I, I, you know, they—they uh, they are a good team this year. I—I I, and I go out on a limb to say they might be the best. But you, you, there is there there's another team that I'll I'll talk about here in just a second. But to me, the Yankees are getting got everybody healthy at the right time. They got in, injuries came out in April and May. They've recuperated from those injuries with all the rehabs and everything like that. You know, but for me, pitching for them has been a been a toss up. I mean, this is CC's last year. We know this is Sabathia's last year. He's gonna retire at the end of the season. He'll go down as wildly one of the one of the one of the best starting pitchers of, out, our, generation. of, of our generation. Of our generation, yeah, yeah. Because we we've seen him go from I mean, hell, we've seen him on this program go from the Yankees to the from the Indians to the Brewers to the Yankees. Right. So I mean, and we've chronicled this him 
on 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 my program a lot all the time. I mean, he w- it was him and Cliff Lee back in the day, the two dominant pitchers with the Indians right. at the time. And then they both fled Cleveland to go to other teams. But, you know, for me, starting pitching is key for them. And after you have Sabathia and Tanaka, there's nothing really else that's going to help them out if they need to make the next move up into the next round. Because that's what, in my opinion, that's what killed them in round two against the Red Sox. Yeah, they definitely need some, some pitching. Uh, a few people on the market. Uh, I think they go as for Madison Bumgarner. He's a free agent oh, yeah. in the year. I mean, uh, but do, do, you, do, you think the cat, do you think that they would throw out the money for him? For that, I oh, mean, absolutely. That's, would he be a rental, or would he just be a would he be a Yankee then for the next two or three years? I think he'd be a rental, but I could see the Yankees uh, throwing money at anybody. Really, the Yankees really just don't care about the luxury tax. Anybody they want, they'll get, and they'll pay the luxury tax. Much like the Dodgers had last couple of years, they just they don't care. <laughs> yeah, and and speaking of a team that actually beat the Dodgers in the World Series, and that's the Boston Red Sox exactly. in that same division. We'll get to the race here in just a second, which is just an absolute surprise by me. Uh, the defending champions, I have a feeling, aren't going to be defending that much longer if they're not if they don't get into this wild card race right now. Your thoughts? Yeah, and you know, like we said with the Yankees, Yankees were injured and uh, had, they still had ground on the Red Sox. The Red Sox won 113 games or so last year, 12. Yeah, one one twelve. One twelve. And uh, pretty much the same team came back, and uh, with the Yankees being decimated, they should have had a big lead in this division. And they just, I don't know if it's a hangover. I don't know if people just uh, under overplayed last year or underplayed this year. I haven't researched the numbers that deeply. Uh, but they, they really should have had a big lead by now. And the fact that they're in third place, I believe, uh, yep. you know, I'm not even sure they'll win any games this year. They really need to get their act together. Yeah, I mean, and their pitching has not been great. Sale has just not been the, their guy. Price has not shown up to the ballpark mm. that much. I mean, his ERA, like we were talking about how ERAs are really high this year, his ERA is is a, is a 4-1. That is not David Price. Price no. is a two, at least a 2-8 to a, th- a solid 3 pitcher. Right. When you're a 4 when you're a 4-8, that tells you something right there. Something either like that he's either starting to wind down his career or he's just not the same David Price. Yeah, Price, you know, what if I'm not saying he it, it just uh, how do I say this? The Red Sox have gotten kind of a lucky that once they gave people this big money either age or they got hurt you know david price pitched so well with uh tampa bay detroit toronto and then signs the big deal with the red Sox, and he's just really hasn't been that that stud they've wanted to be he back he lost every playoff start i believe until last year i yep, believe that's right and all those years in chicago everyone just waited for chris's chris sales elbow to uh you know snap or whatever yeah. and uh Perfectly healthy, few missed starts here and there, few short stints with Chicago, goes to Boston, gets the big contract, and now he's not living with the money either. I'm not saying they got their money and they quit. There's probably underlying problems like age or uh, injuries, but it's unfortunate for the Red Sox. They spent all this money on top two aces, you could say, and it just hasn't worked out so far this year. All right, and speaking of keeping on with David Price, his old former team, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, I'm just absolutely shocked by this. Six and a half games out of first place. They are the first wild card team. They're plus. They're plus. Plus game and a half up on the wild card race. Is it the small ball game 
that's really helping them out, or is it just you know is it just because the Red Sox have not been that great this year? Um, I'd say other than the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Braves are probably the best ran team in baseball, and this is a team. They swindled the Pirates in the Archer trade. It yeah. helps a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are just they are great at um, scouting talent, drafting, signing, trades, selling high, buying low. That is what their MO is. Um, Jonah Carey wrote a book called The Extra 2% about the Rays front office. It's good for you. You should check it out sometime. Yeah, I should. Um, they just, they're just well-ran. And, um, you know, not every team is, is like that, obviously. But uh, they make it work, especially in the tough East where, uh, you know, New York, Boston, Toronto have all the pocketless money, really. Yeah. Not so much Toronto, Toronto this year. Well, I mean, Toronto's got – has some pieces. And the nice thing to see is Vlad Guerrero Jr. And that's right. the only bright spot yeah. of the of the Jays' season, in my opinion. He getting that chance to come up to the big leagues to, to prove, you know, to prove to everybody, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not my father. And this is not I'm, – I'm different than my father. This is how I do. And the performance that he put up in the home run derby was absolutely um, mind-boggling. I mean, like I said in my show on Monday when I when I was with you guys last time, I had him pick to win the whole the whole home run derby and you know he he puts on a sh- he puts on a show wherever he goes. Yeah, I mean, his first home run was dead center field at AT&T Park in San Francisco. One of the largest parks, dimension-wise, in, in baseball. I think it's like 440 out to dead yeah, center. Yeah, he crushed it. Was it center field or left, left center? Left center, left center. Yeah, I mean, that's... A, that's that's a, where Bonds hit that his 615 or 715 yeah, or what it was. That's a hell of a shot. And, I mean, the kid's... I mean, the kid, you know, not athletic-looking, but they don't need him to steal 40 bases. They don't need him to have... A super high on base. They need him to crush home runs. That's his. That's his mo, and I think he's he's gonna do that a lot. Yeah, and so we we talk about the East. We'll talk about the West now. For me, the fact that it's Houston's division, right? It is Houston's division. But the 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 sad thing is that you know, I mean, you had the whole Tyler Skagg situation with the with the Angels. Do you think that? You know that might help them and might propel them a little bit in that division race because they still got to get over Texas. They still got to get over. Uh, they still got to get over and try to beat Houston. And, and looking at their schedule, I would looked at their schedule recently. I mean, their their schedule looks pretty pretty daunting because you you got You got to play the A's two more times, of course. But the A's are not that great this year, of course. But you've got Houston twice. You've got Texas two more times. I mean, it, it 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 it's hard to get that to have that happen to get the to get above that. Well, I was listening to an interview with their uh, radio broadcaster. I don't remember his name. I apologize for that. Um, and he said that uh, 2009. Remember when Nick Aidenhart died? Yeah. Uh, that actually was a huge. After you know they mourned, they you know took time to recollect themselves. It's it's a big deal that that happened. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's anywhere in the workplace, you lose a, a coworker to death. So suddenly, you know, it's a big trauma. But he said that actually became a big rallying point. And right now, the Angels are in fourth place behind Oakland, Texas, and uh, Houston. Houston. And um, are they good enough to overcome that? Um, I don't know. But sometimes, as much as I love to crunch the numbers and I live by the numbers, I do also believe in clubhouse chemistry and emotion that can propel you. Because they are humans, mm-hmm. you know. 
They're not all robots. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't think they'll overcome. Maybe they'll pass up uh, somebody and finish third. But, you know, uh, God bless them. What, yeah. what can I say? Uh, you know? they're, they're, they are a good team, and they have, honestly, one of the best, I think, the best player in baseball today. I mean, you could say Bryce Harper is one of the best, but I think, in my opinion, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. All around, defensive-wise, offensive-wise, I mean, in, in, timely. he has timely, he can be a timely hitter, as well as... A, Great out in the outfield. I mean, do you not do you not agree with that? Or? Trout's the best player in baseball, and I'm still uh, maybe I am biased, but I, I go by WAR for my my um, MVP every year, and I'm still cross that uh, it was stolen from him in 2012 and 13. Yeah, Trout is absolutely the best player of this generation, um, probably a top of all time. Uh, oh, really? If, if, if Trout retired today, he would be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he'd be first ballot. Absolutely. Trout, he'd, be, he'd be like a Mariano, I think, in my opinion. Yes. He'd be a first ballot, right on, right into the Hall of Fame. Maybe, getting, I'd probably get 98% of the voting. He wouldn't oh, be like, like Mariano yeah. get the 100%. But, right. But 98% of the voting would be like that. But, Absolutely. So, we, we both are in agreement that Houston's got this division. Do you, do you agree with that, Stuart? Do you think that Texas can, can, make, the, can make the run? I think it's Houston's division to win. I think Texas and Oakland. I think Oakland's better than you give them credit for. Uh, I think they'll battle for a wild card for sure. You really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's surprising. I think Oakland's probably better than Texas. But Texas is about eight games over 500. Room, hope for optimism. And how the division is. I mean, it's it, it's a, it always comes down to the second to, the, to last week of the season. Between between either Houston or Texas or at at one time it was the Angels. I mean, I'm looking at the at the standings right now, and Houston's 57 and 33. Oakland is seven and a half out, and Seattle. Well, that's that's sad. They're 20 games yeah. out of first place. But like you said, the Angels are 45 and 46. They're 12 and a half games out of first place. Texas nine games out at 48, 42, and Oakland is 50 and 41, seven and a half out. So I mean, it, you are right, and you are right. I think it is Houston's division to lose. If they if they got if Springer or Verlander or. Uh, Tuve, anything goes bad, or they one of them goes down with an injury. I mean, it, I'm hoping that one of them, one of the, somebody on that team will actually pick them up because they could start tumbling because right. of how that, how big that division, how powerful that division is. Absolutely. You're listening to all Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts now. However, you're listening to us wherever you're listening to us this evening. Thank you for tuning in. We broke down the AL East and West, and now let's talk, take a look at the senior circuit, and let's look at the NL East and West before we get into the local spectrum. So, Nick, let's dive into the senior circuit, of course, and um, we're not going to talk that much about the the. Um, you don't want to talk that much about the the National League West because we both are in agreement. Yeah, it's the Dodgers. Dodgers. They're thirteen and a half games up in the division. They're they're going to they're going to make it into the postseason. The rest of the division, you know, outside of Arizona and outside of Arizona and Colorado being the two contenders, I mean, that's yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty much it's, what their seventh division title in a row. Yeah, seven, seven in a row. It'll be seven in a row this yeah. year if they if they win the division. But you know, this is why we're at the midway point of the season. So we're we're discussing halfway through. 
I'm joined tonight, of course, with the one and only Nick the Money Man Devera, my old broadcast partner from Andy and Money. Um, was over in Cleveland for the All-Star game, of course. Um, got a chance to to take in a little bit of the game. I don't want to I don't want to pick his brain about that. We're picking his brain about what we've seen so far halfway through the season. And I want to talk about the National League East. Atlanta. Yeah, Absolutely. They are one of the top 10 I think they are they are for me, I, I said it on, I didn't say it on my podcast Monday, but I was going to, and I held off to till tonight to say this to you. I think that they can be the one to upset the Dodgers. Yeah, they have a very good young team. They have a young team. They have a young pitching staff that can that that's that's that is that is built. Right. They are built, and you also have one of the best hitters that I think. Of this upcoming generation, because Trout is our generation right now, right. and Acuna is going to be the next will yeah. be one of the next best hitters out there, and I think he is with his potential that Atlanta has. I think that they can they can do some damage in the playoffs and maybe up and maybe upset the Dodgers. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know they're going to be like the '90s Braves. I think they're going to rack off the division for the next maybe not. 14 years like the old Braves did. But I think they could rack off division titles for about five, six years. Baseball's changed, obviously. Uh, but yeah, Acuna and Carte, uh, they brought in the veteran Josh Donaldson yeah, I know. for a one-year deal. And, he, and it was next to nothing on yeah, that deal. And, and you know, he's he's nothing but good influence on them. Been in the playoffs with Toronto a couple times, A's a couple times. I mean, just... Everything they do is with the tr- with uh, Cleveland too, wasn't he? With Josh oh Allen. yes, yes he was. You're right. You're absolutely right. So uh, I can't imagine anyone catching them. They have well, eleven game lead or six game lead. I'm sorry, six, six game lead. Six game lead. And the and the six game lead, six games that they're behind, the team that's behind them by six games is the Washington Nationals. You've had this is this was a team that, in my opinion. I thought was going to start on the decline a little bit because of the losing of the big bat in in Bryce Harper. And we'll get to that in just a second. But I think, in my opinion, this team is still good. You still have Scherzer. You still have Strasburg. That's two good, solid pitchers. You also have a solid solid core group of guys that can hit the cover off the ball. But the thing is... They're in the same division with Philadelphia. They're same division with Atlanta. They're in the they're they can't they can't lose games to the Mets. Right. And they can't lose they can't split a series against the Marlins. You can't. Those games should be easy games for the for the Nationals to pick up, and they can't. They right. can't get the job done. Right. Good teams beat bad teams. People like to say, oh well, so and so is in the division with these bad teams. Well, of course you're supposed to beat bad teams. That's part of being a good team. That's one of these say about the Twins, which we'll get to later, obviously. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I knew they lost Harper. I didn't think it was going to be, you know, a uh, fourth-place finish automatically. But, you know, they, they lost him. They lost Ian Desmond. They lost uh, Daniel Murphy. Uh, you know, they, but they still got Zimmer, the third baseman, Zimmerman, as you Zimmerman, said. Zimmerman, yeah. I mean... They're they'll be. Their pitching uh, is what's really helping them out with Strasburg and and and, and Scherzer. But Strasburg ha- isn't the same as what we saw when no. he first came into the league. 
he isn't and Scherzer is heading towards the back end of the back nine of his career I don't think he's you know I, I in, in the way that he you know he carries himself sometimes I, I kind of question of how long is he going to be in the game itself yeah, I, I think the Nationals, before getting the deadline, are going to say, well, this is it was a good run. We couldn't make it out of the first round. That's on us. Let's restart. And I think some guys are going to trade it away. I'm not saying uh, You don't think it's going to be a big piece? Do you think a big piece will get traded then? I think Scherzer could be traded. Really? Yes, and maybe Strasburg. But it all depends on the return. Yeah. I mean, I... Do they think going forward the next two, three years, they can real realistically compete with the young Braves team, this young Phillies team? Maybe they can, but that's up for them to research and develop. And I, I think they're better off just saying, all right, all right, let's just reset. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, we're going, we're going into Philadelphia now. Are you disappointed in how Philadelphia has played this year? With them signing Harper, and now they're six and a half games out of first place in that division. Do you think that – I know Philly fans, I was reading some of the blog posts the other day. You know, they're they're questioning if this was a good move to get Harper for all this money. I mean, yes, it is a good move in the long term. You're not – he's not going to be your savior right. overnight. He's, he's the guy that will be your solid hitter. When the time comes, you want him up at the plate when you've got two on in the eighth inning to bring in those runs so you don't have to go into the bottom of the ninth to fight to fight to win. So, But for me, seeing how Philadelphia is only six and a half games out of first place, that's still kind of a little bit of a shock for me. I thought they'd be closer to where Atlanta is at. I thought it'd be like a three and a half or a, a, a maybe even a three game behind the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I thought the Phillies would, would play better. I mean, five games under 500 is not awful. There's always room for them to go on a run. But with the Harper signing, there's there's two ways to look at it. Um, all the money they gave him, is he worth? He's only been a two-worth player this year. Uh, you know, 118 one uh, weighted runs created plus, uh, 60 home runs. Is that worth, was it, 30 million a year? $37 million a year. No. But you have to understand, too, from a marketing standpoint, sure, because reports came out after they signed Harper, all the money they got in revenue, ticket sales, jerseys, yeah, the, buzz. The, they make, they're going to make a lot of that money back. And remember, Philadelphia was, was almost a, a, dead, a dead zone for a lot of players back yes. in the day. Um, I'm not talking like Ryan Howard and and Jimmy and, Jim, and, and Jimmy Rollins and, and all and and Cliff Lee and all that, where it was, you go to Philadelphia, die, have your career die. They're now making it more of we're building for the future, and we're gonna make an investment on Bryce Harper, and they went out and they got him. It wasn't a clown question. Right. But they got it. They went out and they made the deal. And like you said, as soon as they signed him, season tickets went from being at 10% sold to 80% sold in a matter of a few hours. I mean, Philadelphia is dying to get back into the playoff picture. But like I said, there's six and a half out with Washington in front of them. And you have Atlanta 
Atlanta running the division. I, uh, for me, I think you know if they don't make the playoffs this year, and we'll get to the wild, and we'll get to the wild card here in a second. I know a lot of people are probably well, Andy. What about the wild card? We'll get to the wild card here in just a second. I think if they don't win the division, it's not a successful year. Well, I think most teams think that too, uh, but they're still a young team. Mm-hmm. I, was Harper meant to make him over the top? Like you said, was he meant to be the savior this year? I don't know. Maybe for two years, maybe three years right, down the road. Exactly. Yeah. I could see that. Um, but a lot of Philly fans are thinking this is—he's the savior, and he's the one that is supposed to help this team out. It, the team does not revolve around just one guy, right? Folks. In football, you can get away with that with the quarterback, obviously. But in baseball, right? It's a, a team sport. And uh, Harper, you know, a good offensive year, 118, he's 18% better than offensive players, right field offensively. That's great. Not worth $37 million a year, obviously, like we said before. Uh, but I think if you sign him to make the team over this year, maybe your expectations were a little too high. If you signed him thinking, okay, maybe two or three years, like you said, perfect. Okay. So I guess I guess what I'm saying is the jury's still out on the signing in the long term. Yeah. Jury's out and but you're in all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now. However you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us this evening, thank you for tuning in. And uh, let's head into some local flavor, and we'll talk about the American League Central and the National League Central, and I'm going to probably be blowing Nick's mind here in just a second. So we're diving in. We're with Nick the Money Man DeVera from M- from, uh, for this MLB midseason report card, of course, show. And uh, we're diving in now into the local flavor, which is the AL and NL Central. And we're going to start with the NL Central first and foremost. And I, I told you guys this on Monday. I will still stick with this. And I told Nick to get his get the seatbelt buckled in with this chair with this. In my opinion, I think the Cincinnati Reds are going to get the second wild card oh. team. No, why? If you look at their their rest of their schedule, they've only got two more series against the Cubs, two more series against the Brewers. You're playing most of the chump teams in the in the NL East. You're playing two games against the Angels at home. You're playing a bunch of chump games against against the lower seeds in the in in the in the uh oh my god it's I think it's in the west, in the west of Seattle and Oakland you're playing and you're playing in Seattle and you're hosting Oakland in my opinion I think the Reds have are are <laughs> you're looking at me and you're laughing at me but think about this you have Votto that's heating up. You have Puig that's heating up. Sonny Gray is a really good pit, good pit is a really good pitcher, and he's becoming of his own. You've got Matt you, Kemp. You've got Matt Kemp, of course. You've got Castillo, who was absolutely dominant in the in the in the All Star game. There's nothing, in my opinion, there's nothing that says that the Reds can't be the second wild card team. They have the they have the strength of schedule in favor of them, and I know the Cubs will win the division. 
I know that it will be probably Washington to get the first wild card position. And I think the Reds have the better chance to get the second wild card position. I mean, I know I know you're looking at me and you're just shaking your head like is this guy an idiot? I think that they are. I really do. Well, your thoughts. Well, you know, and here's the thing. Um the Reds absolutely when they got Puig and they got Kenton from Los Angeles, I said this team is gonna score a lot of runs. It's gonna, this is gonna be nice, but this team's gonna hit a ton of home runs. And they have done that. And you're right, Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo is a pretty good uh one two and um but I just, I don't know. I just don't think the depth is there. Uh, I mean, you think about this. That division, this division that the NL Central is, it's got to be one of the best divisions out there right oh, now. absolutely. Because everybody is still in the hunt. The Cubs are in front. The Brewers are a half game out. You have the Cardinals that are two out. You've got the Pirates that are two and a half. And you've got the Reds that are four. That tells you right there that that division is totally opened up. It can be it can be interpreted by anybody. Well, let me ask you this: Is it the fact that everyone in the division is good, or is it just because the Cubs and the Brewers are underachieving? That's a, you know, that could be that could be what it is that the Cubs are underachieving for what they are, and they have. And I know I'm going to get flack for Cub fans from this. They are not the same Cub team that has been in the past. They are not. I don't think, you know, Chris Bryant is not himself. Rizzo is is atrocious at the plate. I mean, and their starting pitching is not there. There's they, and, and the Brewers are keening in on it. Like you mentioned before at the beginning of our conversation that people are scouting each other more and more out. The Brewers have scouted the Cubs to a T, my friend. Well, um, I think the Cubs are easily the most disappointing team in the National League this year. Really? Now, I gave them a break last year because they kind of they lost the wild card playing and wild card game, and um, I gave them some slack last year because they had injuries, which does happen, and they had a lot of um, makeup games late in the year. So they played like a bunch of games in a row with no breaks. So okay, but this year there's no reason for a team that has Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant. Wilson Contreras, Javier fucking Baez, sorry. Um, That's okay. Uh, I know they got uh, Castro back. Not Castro. Oh, who's the shortstop? Oh, uh, it's, it's not Castillo. It's, it's uh, the guy with the abuser. Oh, oh. Totally drawing a blank. Domestic abuser. Anyway, they got Schwarber, Jason Hayward, and you're wrong, but the rotation is pretty good. You know, they got Cole Hamels, John Lester, Jose Quintana. But the thing is... Lester has not been himself. He's Darvish but, is is mediocre in some aspects. Oh, Yarvish is Yarvish has been trash this year. Yeah, but the rest of the rotation are pitching above average, uh, and the bullpen's been pretty good too. Now Kimbrel has been kind of shaky since that's what I was worried about. But you know the Cubs, there's no reason with that roster why they're not 12 games off. The Brewers are a good team. I'm not saying the Brewers aren't bad, but the Cubs have so much talent and the fact that they're just was it uh, well how many games up are they let me check they're up uh, only a half a game yeah they should be up you know way more that's a disgrace and I'm not saying it's on Joe Madden I'm not sure if it's because some players are underachieving this year but the Cubs are easily my most disappointing team in the National League okay and and continuing on that division the Brewers 
the only bright spot I think out of the Brewers so far that it's you know it, even though they're a half game out of out of a out of first place in that division, you know Christian Yelich has been just killing the ball off 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 of all the pitching that he's been seeing. I mean he's playing small ball. He'll hit a single, double. He'll hit home runs. He can get he can get you the clutch hit when you need it. You know, and he's he's a, a powerful offensive figure. The rotation, it's there, but it's not there in my in my opinion. I mean, it, it, it they need a they need a number one. They need a number a true number one. Yeah, I think they'll be on the market for a pitcher and some relievers too. And you know, the thing about the Brewers is so they're a buyer in your yes. opinion. And you know, I live with a Cub fan, and every time I feel like the Cubs are hitting the skids and not playing well, I hear, well, at least the Brewers are, aren't playing that well either. Um, again, the Brewers should have been capitalized on the Cubs' faults too. The Brewers are a flawed team. Uh, I think they'll be buyers. I think both the Cubs and the Brewers will play better in the second half, or at least uh, they should. There's no reason for them not to. Uh, but you're right, and Yelich is the star of that team, and he's not my MVP. I don't think I don't even think he should have won it last year either. Mm-hmm. But, you know... We'll have to see. All right, so now we've delved into the the senior circuit division right here that's local. Let's dive into the American League Central. To me, the surprise of the year so far has been the Twins. That We all thought that the, the, the Indians would have that division. It would be a written-up division for them. Again, yours truly had it written up that they were going to win the division by at least five or six games. That's what I thought. Here comes the Twins playing small ball. Playing with guys that have, you know, that have that, you know, are are first or second year in the league. And they're they're doing the they're doing it right. They're absolutely doing it right. And your your thoughts on the Twins so far this year? Every move the Twins have made the last few uh, off-seasons, one or two, I went, oh, that's a good signing, that's a good trade, that's a good whatever. And I would go, and I figured Indians would win the division with about 80, high 80s wins, 87, 88. I didn't think the Twins, I thought they'd be a good wildcard team, but yeah, I'm incredibly impressed by how good the Twins are. And they have the best, They up until recently, they had the best record in the American League, the Yankees passed them up. But only trail by half game for best record in the American League. Uh, yeah, they just do. I mean, they pitch well, they hit, they hit well, they defend well. Twins, you know, they're notorious for being the Yankees' uh, mop up in the playoff this yeah. year. They could give them a, 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 a good run. A good run. They could give them a good run. And um, Kansas City is a joke. We'll, we'll, we'll both agree we'll agree with that. Um, I said it on the podcast a few weeks ago that that the only team that could give Cleveland the run to surpass them is the team that's on the south side. It could I mean and they have and they have good they have good pitching. You see this team more than anything else. Your thoughts on your thoughts on the White Sox so far. Uh, it's still in progress. It's it's still too early to say if it's a bust or a success with this rebuild. Um, but what do you think so far for this season? This season, they're playing a lot better than I gave them credit for. Um, I remember after they failed miserably 
to sign Machado or Harper. Everyone was down on the sell the rebuilds now. Um, but they're they're playing above their uh, Pythagorean win loss. Uh, yeah. Lucas Giolito has been uh, outstanding this year. Jose Abreu has been fantastic as well he's, too. He's heated up. He was kind of slow at first, but he's he's heated up. Uh, Yoan Moncada's finally come the player they thought they were getting when they uh, got him from the Red Sox in the first sale trade. Uh, Tim Anderson's having a breakout year. Fortunately, he sprained his ankle. He hasn't yeah. played for the last couple weeks. Yeah, but he, but with this All Star break happening, that would probably help him out. Do you think? Yeah. Or is he on the fifteen day DL? He's right on. Now? He's on the DL. He should be back soon. Uh, the rookie Aloy Jimenez, they got from the Cubs in the Quintana trade. Uh, slow start. Been heating up lately. Uh, you know, they they do have a good young core growing. I think next year, I don't expect them make the playoffs or be in the hunt late, but I think next year once they call up uh, Luis Robert, a top 10 prospect, Nick Madrigal, a, a top 100 prospect, they get um, Michael Kopeck back from yeah. injury, they get Carlos Rodon back, they'll have Dylan Cease next year. I think the Sox next year could be a pretty formidable team, not a playoff team, but you know, 83, 80, 45 wins. Yeah, I could see that. And they are they are heating up at the right time and how everybody's playing in the division, it's just it it, it just says you, you you hit it right on the head. You know, they can anything could happen because their bats are becoming warm. Their pitching is okay. Um I gave I gave the the White Sox more credit than anything else, and I'm I'm still sticking with what I've got. But for me, you know, see see them, you know, exceeding what everybody's ex- expectation is is just fantastic to see. Oh, absolutely. Um, and Pete and the fans have responded. Uh, the White Sox have the highest. How, how do I word this? Um, compared to last year, they have the highest percentage of increase in attendance this year. People come out to the game to see these young kids. Um, buzz in Chicago about the Sox, uh, and yeah, they are they are playing better, better than anyone thought. I had them. I figured they were going to lose 100 games again this year. Uh, I think right now they're two games under 500. Yeah. Um, Twelve and a half out. Yeah. So I think depending on doing the deadline too, they might trade Colome or Abreu. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Depends on what they want to do. So it's interesting to see. Uh, Do you think if they if they trade Abreu or Colome, you think they're they're continuing the rebuild, the build for a younger talent that they need, or do you think it's just a piece that they, you know it's just to clear up some cap space so they can get somebody in the off season going forward? Well, they're going to have a lot of space. Cause they didn't, they they slashed the budget and offer and hope for Machado or Harper. Thing at either one of them. Yeah. They have a lot of young, cost-controlled players. Uh, I think if they go for anyone in the, in the off-season, that won't really matter because there's going to be plenty of space anyway. The only issue is with those two, we mentioned Calame and Abreu. With Calame, he's a really good closer, and people have been have been scouting him. But I think they have to ask themselves, all right, if we is is it worth trading him away this year and maybe not having a good closer next year when we're trying to actually win ball games? Is that worth the trade-off? With the Bray, you have to ask yourself, you know, he's heating up, but he was really bad for a good stretch this year. Is he worth the mentor role? They kind of they have a a log jam at catcher in first base. You know, they have Collins. Who they can got catch. McCann, too, which McCann, is yeah, who very, can, very who can good. Catch. Uh, a Collins and a Brayu can all play first base. They can DH. They have Wellington Castillo who can catch, play first base, DH. 
So I guess it depends on how they juggle that. I, I Do I think they'll trade Kalame? Maybe. I think they traded Brayu. I think he comes back. Hopefully not too pricey because he's not worth $15 million a year. But I hope he what does do you think come he's, back. What do you think he's really worth? Do you think he's worth like... I don't know, like like four million a year or, I, I, or four I and think, a half. I think ten million a year for Jose Abreu okay. is fair because he does get on base and he will hit home runs. Hit that game winning home run against, against Detroit. Yeah, I mean he's a professional and he is good. And it was good young. to see you know it was good to see the young kids beating the North Siders in that home run in the eighth inning. Uh, I, I mentioned it on the podcast a few weeks ago, watching that game and seeing that high seeing seeing that home run going into the night into the into the Wrigley that was basically for me watching watching it if I was a cub fan it would be like sticking a knife in my chest and twisting it because of how much that the White Sox have improved compared to what the the Cubs have this season yeah funny enough uh Aloy Jimenez hit that go ahead home run in Wrigley and he again like I said they got him for Jose Quintana on that trade that was the Cubs sent uh, Aloy Jimenez. So he basically said a big old middle finger yes. to the after yeah. the home when he hit that home run to the Cubs. Um, Dylan Cease too against Detroit. Uh, was it last Tuesday? Yeah. Uh, that was another player they got back. Okay. Okay. So, fantastic. Paying, trades are paying dividends. Yeah, trades are paying dividends. And speaking of trades, the the big play right now, and we're into the American League Central, and you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight. Um, Let's talk about the two local teams. I have to. I have to. I have to start right away. So to me, Nick, the the Tigers this year are an absolute, absolute atrocious. They are, by God, the besides the Marlins, have to be the worst team in Major League Baseball this year. Yeah, how do you feel about the extension of the GM? I did not like that. I, and I, 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 I saw that you sent the tweet out to me about uh, Avila, and you, you wanted my thoughts about it. Here's my thoughts. Why? This guy has torn down. And then, bear in mind, I'll get you this too. I'll give you this too. I read this in online on Baseball Insider. The Detroit Tigers... The last 20 years have had, quote-unquote, the best farm system in all of Major League Baseball. Really? Now, two years ago, I read a report in USA Today and also was picked up from the Blade, the Toledo Blade here in town, that the Detroit Tigers had the worst farm system in all of Major League Baseball. It's contradicting each other on on that, and for me, we're not we're not seeing uh, we're not seeing the product here in Toledo with the Mud Hens. You're seeing mostly guys that are getting plugged in up in Detroit. I mean, you're seeing Willie Castro getting plugged in. Ronnie Rodriguez is a is a guy that's going to stick up there. Duval Lugo just stayed goes up and down all the time, and you know Mikey Montuk can't hit the ball for. For honest to God, and I'll say it, he can't hit it for crap. Um, he strikes out more. He is uh, he is this version, this season's version of Mike Hesman. He either will get you the timely hit, he will either he'll get you the home run. But nine, eight out of ten times, he's gonna strike out. And I cannot stand, I cannot stand the guy for that. And he's getting paid three point nine million dollars a year by the Tigers. 
to play down in Toledo and you are striking out, come on. You got to get rid of him. You got to get rid of him. He's one of those pieces that, you know, can be flourishing elsewhere. And Al Avila is the one that signed him to that long, that big deal. And, you know, for me, because you, you want my opinion on the Tigers. Yes. I think we can we could shop a Matt Boyd. I think a Boyd, I see Matt Boyd getting shopped at the trade deadline. I see Castellanos getting shopped. At the trade deadline. Now I've had some people that come up to me. Well, what would you get for what would you get for Castellanos? I said I get something that's better than what he's on the field now. He can hit at. He can give you a timely hit and he can give you a defensive play. But nine times out of ten, he can't catch the ball for crap. He's causing more errors on this Tiger team than anything else. And I had a I had a guy that I was talking to the other day. At uh, an establishment, and he said, "Well, Nick Castellanos, well, we have to keep Nick Castellanos because he's like, because he's one of those players that could be a face of the franchise." I seriously, seriously doubt that he is the face of the franchise right now. The face of the franchise, unfortunately, I have to say, is Miguel Cabrera. Cabrera is the face of the franchise, and he will probably retire as a Tiger because of because of that situation. Cavi's not producing. Castellanos is not producing. Their young talent that they've got is is producing, like Jacoby Jones, as well as Christian Stewart. I love I love seeing Stewie hit the ball. Their pitching is okay. Zimmerman is, God knows, he's done. He's done. His his career is done. So now we have to rely on young pitching. You have Matt Boyd. That is the only bright spot in the whole rotation. What about Norris? Norris is okay. I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you Daniel Norris once in a while. But it depends on if he's not playing Cleveland and he's not playing he's not playing Minnesota. His ERAs against both teams are in the high sevens. Oof. So I can't I cannot I cannot make judgment on him. Boyd is the only piece Boyd and Cassianos, in my opinion, are the two pieces that Detroit has to sell so they can get so they can get some dividends in return. Your thoughts? I agree with a lot of things you said. Um, a little retrospect before I before I move forward. Um, I gave Avila a lot of um, slack because when he first inherited the team from Dabrowski, Dabrowski traded away any prospect they ever had for anything. Any kind he of, went in with all his chips. Yeah. So when he got the job, there's no prospects. So okay, that's not on him. He's inheriting the situation. Uh, he got absolutely hosed on that J.D. Martinez trade. Yes. Any player he's traded for, uh, the Candyman, Candelaria, yeah. Nick, Nico Goodrum, great at first. Now, look at the numbers today. They? They're not doing too good. And Ca- Candelario, I'll give him credit for the series this, before the All-Star break against Boston. Having the having the two uh, the two home run game is great and everything. But if you look at his stats that after that, he was two for four with two strikeouts and two home runs. Yeah. You can't, you can't be timely, and you can't. That that shows you that you're not a timely hitter, in my opinion. If you're striking out 50 percent of the times, you're at the plate. Right, and I think Avila's trade record has been, I think it's fair to say, abysmal so far. Yes, his returns have. So, he's going to trade away Castellanos, maybe, maybe Boyd, maybe Norris, uh, maybe uh, who's their shortstop? Uh, Iglesias. Oh, okay. Was it Iglesias? 
think it's still Iglesias. I think I'm not mistaken. I think it's him. There's somebody or Stewart. Else. There's Stewart's at, at short nowadays. And there's the Harris's at second? Yeah, yeah. Or, I Harris. Think they might trade one of them away, but my concern for the Tigers is, well, what are we going to get back? Their top pitching prospect, Casey Mize, who's probably the best pitching prospect in baseball, but to be fair, that fell on his lap because who wouldn't take him with the first overall pick that year? Yeah. And, and he, you know, he's he's doing great, and he did great in Erie. He's doing great in Erie right now, pitching and everything like that. But the thing is, knowing Gardenhire and knowing the organization well, I have that feeling they're going to bring him up, and he's going to get chewed to pieces. Oh, he's going to get rushed up. He's going to get rushed up. And I, I, I think a year or a year and a half in the minors, and then bring him up to the show is a great idea instead of what what most Tiger pitchers happen. They go to Erie, they do well in Erie, and let's say, oh, we'll skip Toledo and let's take him to Detroit right away. Ooh, and, th- and that's horrible. It's bad. It's absolutely horrible. And I and for me, if that happens to this this young kid who's so talented, so absolutely talented, having the two no-hitters back-to-back, Oh, really? Yeah, back-to-back no-hitters in Erie. I didn't know that. He was fantastic. To have him then rush to the the show would be a catastrophic mistake. Catastrophic is the key word. I think that would be very bad. Um, So I guess it's interesting to see that if they trade people away, if they do rush him, or if they just let him develop in the minors. And um, let me ask you this. How do you feel about Ron Gardenhire as a manager? Is he better than Brad Ausmus? I, I I say yes. Gardy has more more tenure now than anything else. Um, I know I was skeptical on him in the beginning because of the whole he's he's one of those down to earth managers that he want he doesn't care about the stats, doesn't care about the but Gardy, everybody we said it at the beginning of this podcast, everybody's using it. You're even now using it now. You have to use it because it, it, it gives the players, it gives the staff, it gives the organization it gives the organization a chance to compete. And now but but some of the some of the time times and, and but for me, the, the, the thing that gets with me is that he changes the lineup too much. You need a balanced chemistry on at all nine positions and at all nine batting orders. If you get that, if you have a consistent batting order and that everybody can, then that can all flow together. But if you get an injury or anything like that, I can understand that. But when you're taking Camilario out and then you're putting Castellanos in, and then, or you're putting Castellanos in and you're taking Candelario and you put Candelario in where his position's at, and you're floating everybody around just because Cabrera is a born. Now he's at first base. He's back at first base. He has to be. He has to be back at first base. Oh, he's not DH anymore? He's not DH. He has to be back at first base. He has to be back at first base. He has to be back at first base. Because he because he's sitting there on the bench doing absolutely I mean he can rally his team. He can rally his team when he's on the field. Instead of the instead of on the bench. Plain and simple. And if he if, if if he doesn't produce soon, then it, it's then it's about time for him to to hang up the cleats. 
I'm sorry to say that. What do you expect of the Tigers going forward? Like the next two, three year trajectory. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's really gonna be tough. I think Detroit is I think Detroit is regressing more and more. Their window shut long time ago. I think it it for me it shut when they got when they got swept by the Giants four straight. Yeah. That was for me when they that door the door closed, the window shut, it got locked, it got plastic put on it, and it will never reopen again. And everybody thinks, well, well the door's gonna open right no. It's not gonna open. You will have to crawl through a crawl space to find something. And you'll never find it. Because I think Detroit is, in my opinion, headed towards, you know, the 90s. Oh. The 90s. The Rob Deere era. The, yeah, the Rob Deere era. I'm also thinking Alan Trammell era, my friend, of 116 or 100. I really am. And it's, it's sad to say that. I mean, you look at their, right now, right now, in the division... They are, and it's it, 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 it's just pathetic that they are now, they're not even at 500. They are 28 and 57. Their percentage, winning percentage is a .329. They're 26 games out of first place. They are uh, second to last in the league and yeah. run differential. Yeah. Negative 157. Only the Baltimore Orioles are less at 165. And Baltimore has uh, Baltimore has one less loss. One less loss. Or one less win, sorry. One less win. Wow. That tells you that hitting is not good. It's not good. And I I, I have that feeling that Detroit like I said is is just regressing. On the opposite side of the lake, we have the Indians. Yes. Injuries have hurt them. Yeah. Kluber, uh, and now you have Carrasco. Unfortunately, with the leukemia now, yeah. that's another. That's another. But 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 Shane Bieber's been fantastic. Um, I mean, Lindor's. Lindor is starting to hit the cover off the ball. Carlos Santana. Santana, fantastic, of course, too. You've also got Jason Kipnis that is still a time uh, as a timely hitter as well, too. Brantley. Brant- well, Brantley's with the Astros. Remember. Oh, oh okay. Michael Brantley's with the Astros now. Oh, that was uh, that yeah, they gave him. A, you thought you thought when they were at the game that they were cheering because he was he was coming back as an Indian. No, he's a Houston Astro from this past season. For me, the Indians have a chance to win the division, and, and they are they are pushing now. They came up at a right time. They got hot at the right time. But the question is, did they get hot at the wrong time though? Because playing. because of the break. They won they at at the start of June, they were eleven and a half games out of first place. They're now five and a half out. They have made up six games on the twins. Well, I think if they get their guys back, they've lost quite guys a few guys in injury. Kluber's been I think if they get Kluber back and fully at a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean I don't know if they can the Twins are a pretty well-rounded team. We discussed them earlier, and uh, I could you see that the, the Twins, if the if the Indians do make a, a, a surge and win and win the division, I think the Twins will be the first wild card team. Right. 
Uh, interesting to note, though, is uh, now one series in July isn't going to determine the long picture, but the Twins and Indians are playing tomorrow through Sunday. Yeah, and that's those are that's three series. series. If you are an Indians player or a fan, that's a huge – you need to sweep that. If you sweep that series, or better yet, take two or three out of that series, you're in pretty good shape. If you lose two or three or get swept in that series – then it is you are playing catch-up for the rest of the season. Yeah. You're playing catch-up for the rest of the season. And for me, they have to win those. They have to at least take two or three out of that, out of that series. Because yeah. then, they get, and then, of course, like I said, the division's atrocious. You play Detroit four straight times at home. You play, you're, playing, you're playing Kansas City four times in a row and the same homestand when you come back. Oh, okay. Wow. So you're, it's a long homestand because they were gone because of the All Star break, All Star game happening in Cleveland. Which, by the way, I got to give a tip of the cap to the to the Cleveland fans. Fantastic job that they did in Cleveland for the All Star game, the All Star weekend, and the Home Run Derby and the and the Fan Fest. I, I got to give my tip of the cap to the to the Indians and the Indian staff and everything like that, and the fans that came out and support. But for me, the Indians can win the division. They have to win this series against Minnesota going forward. And then they honestly have to get fully healthy. Do you agree or disagree on that? I agree 100%. Um, Health will go a long way in helping them. Might be too little too late. Uh, The roster parity between the two teams might put them at a disadvantage. But getting healthy first and foremost will be a good shot in the arm. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. You're listening to All Andy Elford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening, wherever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, we just talked about the Indians. We talked about the Tigers, of course, as you just heard, and all we broke down the all the divisions. I know I've been picking Nick's brain here, and he, he's he's downing his uh, his ice cold Pepsi Cola here. Um, I. Um, I want your thoughts on, of course, the trade deadline. We make we're going to make mention. We may mention it often during the whole the whole uh, division breakdown. To my to my opinion, who are the best players out there for teams to pick up? Who's going to be who in your mind is a true buyer and who's who's a true seller? Well, I think I think the true buyer, absolute one hundred percent buyer, has to be the Cubs. Okay. They need a um, a starter, bullpen help, an armor, just an armor too, and maybe uh, another position player. They were rumored to be going after Nick Castellanos from Detroit yeah. and Boyd, so maybe some kind of uh, rumor there. And they've also been linked to Nat, uh, Max Scherzer in Washington. I don't think that that would ever happen. I think Washington would set with with Scherzer to stay with them. I I can see more of that Boyd and Castellanos situation. They've been the Cubs and the Tigers have been in the past chatting it chatting it up, but I I think if you look at it, yeah, I agree with you. I think the Cubs are a buyer. I think I think the Yankees are a buyer this year too. They need they need a they need another number one pitcher like we mentioned before. A Bumgarner would be a would be a great asset and a great pickup for them. Um, the Red Sox looking for a starter. Red Sox as well too. You would think that because they, they need to make a. I think they need to go and they need to start either put a fire sale on. They could be also they could be a seller and a buyer depending on how how 
how everything's rolling out right now. They might sell some pieces so that they can get better pieces to get back into the division run. But for me, I think the the true sellers, Detroit, of course, one. Um, I think I think Pittsburgh is a seller. Pittsburgh maybe, maybe. Pittsburgh is a seller because after you get through after you get through the Brewers and the Cardinals, the Pirates are they there's nothing there. And when they lost McCutcheon, that yeah. they, that I think Josh Bell could be moved. I think that's a good piece that was thrown out there. I've heard that through the trade wires. Um, you've also got a lot of moves. I think uh, Arizona's a seller as well too. Any one of the West teams is a seller because they knew that the Dodgers were going to win this division. They banked everything. They said we're going to go for a run and. They they're not going to be able to catch a thirteen to fourteen game lead in the in the division. We say that now, but then when we when then all of a sudden we talk about we talk at the end of the season. Well, how about the the Diamondbacks yeah. at the end of the year? Yeah. You know, but um, I think that's that's what it is. Um, any uh, any other players off the top of your head that you think that could be a could be a mover? Well, I think uh, before I get into that, I think true sellers are the Giants, the Mariners. Uh, Maybe the Mets. Uh, player-wise, I think if Justin Smoke has been shot from Toronto, okay. uh, maybe Jose Abreu. I'm not sure what the Sox are doing yet. We discussed that. Um, if the Mets have three possible position or stars they can move, uh, Jason Vargas, Noah Syndergaard, and uh, Zach Wheeler. Okay. Now, um, Vargas has an option for next year, a team option, and Syndergaard and they couldn't waive that option. You're thinking he waived that option? Well, it's a team option. Yeah, it's a team option. Okay. Uh, well, and Syndergaard and Wheeler are free agents at the end of next year, so they might wait to trade with next deadline. I guess for advertising reasons, they want to keep those guys around because they're popular. Mm-hmm. But you get more return the sooner you trade them. Um, outfielder Nick Castellanos, I think the Reds. Sorry, idiot. I don't think they're going to the division. I think they're going to trade away or the wild card. I think they're going to trade away Kemp and Puig. Um, I disagree with you on that right there. I think that they invest in Puig more than anything else. I think he's becoming more because Votto is, you know, getting closer to the end of his contract. I think he could get. I think Puig could be the face of the Reds at the same time. But you know, his the only problem is is, is his temper is what really is getting on my nerves a little bit because. Oh. The whole getting hit with the pitch and deciding he wants to charge the mound. Come on now, we're we're not we're not twelve years old, okay? But I I, I think uh, but it, it's your opinion. I I, gla- I gladly accept your opinion. I think I think Kemp is one of those that they could keep as well too. But yeah, I could see them shopping them too if if it if it if if the offer was good enough. If the offer was good enough and they knew that they were. If they were nine games or ten games out before the trade deadline, I think they could be a seller, and they could move those two pieces. See it. Um, I think reliever-wise, uh, Swarzak, uh, Kalame, and Matt Diaz are probably good relievers that could be moved. And I think if you didn't feel they're Evan Longoria. Oh yeah, he's a utility player in my opinion. Well, he, he can be. I mean, he's he can go into any position. He's pretty. He's a pretty good infielder. No matter what the situation is, I don't. I never seen him play short and second, so I can't say. I only know him because when he played, when he was in Durham, he played shortstop. He was actually oh, pretty. He? Good. he was pretty good. Oh, okay. 
So, I mean, I got to give him I got to give him credit for that. As uh, you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now. However you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we're at the halfway point. It's time to pass out some of the hardware. And let's talk a little bit about who we think um, is going to be this year's MVP, Cy Young, so much more. So stick with us right here on All Andy Alford. So welcome back into All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network as uh, you're listening to me right here with all the plethora of platforms. I'm not going to dive into all of them again because I'm I'm boring my my uh, former broadcast partner here, the one and only Nick the Money Man DeVera right here. Uh, Nick, do you want to throw up, by the way, before we begin? I know Twitter was down earlier today. Yeah. Um, sure. but you want to, th- you want to throw out your, uh, your Twitter handle and where we can read some of your stuff. If you, uh, you want to pass it along to us. Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, Nick of Ypres, N-I-C-K-O-F-Y-P-R-E-S. Uh, I have three baseball blogs. They're mostly defunct, but I, I do plan on getting back to them. I have, uh, beattheshift.tumblr.com. That's just a generic baseball yeah. blog. Uh, and I have the Southside Republic, uh, White Sox blog, and then I have a my old blog when I was in college is the Baseball Hipster dot but that one's never getting repost or reupdated, so you have to check out worry about that one. Okay, so I mean, I used to call you the Baseball Hipster yeah, when, uh, back yeah. in the day, and um, my old college blog. Well, it was the old college blog, and um, uh, I remember those good old days back in those back in back in my BG days and Owens days as well too, but. Getting back onto the diamond, sure. and we're at the halfway point. We've seen, we've seen a lot so far this year. Your opinion and your thoughts for MVP Cy Young. Who do you think Manager of the Year is going to be this year? And and anything else that you want to talk about? Yeah, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Let me just go down the go, list. Go right ahead. All right. So for MVP, I'm going to go American League, National League for all these. MVP has to be Mike Trout. Yeah. Uh, for National League, it's Cody Bellinger. Oh, okay. Uh, I go by War. Fangraphs, F-War. That's if you're wondering how I come to my conclusions for some of these. Uh, for Cy Young, I have Lance Lynn from the Texas Rangers. Really? I, I would really like to see Lucas Giolito win it. But as of right now, uh, Lance Lynn has been the better pitcher. Uh Max Scherzer for for the Nationals for the National League. He's just been fantastic. I mean, he's been great since Arizona, Detroit, now Washington. He's just uh, phenomenal. Uh, manager of the year, Rocco Baldelli, the Twins. Like really? they were saying, yeah, yeah, the Twins. You know, for my rookie, my manager of the year award, I don't like to give it to a team with the best record. I like to give it to a team or a manager who had a team that really wasn't expected to do much and maybe uh, out of the expectations. You know, if maybe you're picked to finish last, you finish third. You know, okay, that's you did better than expected. But that lady's been doing a great job. And actually, I give Bell, the manager of the Reds, really? uh, the National League honor. Yeah, he's. I mean, we all thought the Reds were gonna, and as we talked earlier, the Reds are right in the right in the race so far. So he deserves it, I think. And Rook of the Year, uh, I'm sorry about Blind Guerrero Jr. Yeah. I really wanted to be him, but. I think Brandon Lowe of Tampa Bay. Yeah, I can see that. He, he's been really hitting the cover off the ball. He's been great. He's a great two-way player. I like what he's been doing. I, I I'm sorry to interrupt you on that. Oh, um, you're fine. But he is he is he is one of those players that, and and if Tampa wants to make that run, 
and be that wild card team, he is really helping that team. Yeah, he's going to be the cornerstone of that run. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. And for the National League, I got to give it to uh, home run derby leader, Big Meat Pete, Peter Alonzo. Oh, really? Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's. So you're giving it to the polar bear? Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's. he's, he's he, Do you think he is the bright spot in, in the Mets? Yes. I think, you know, a lot of times rookies have these big years and then they kind of have sophomore slumps because people adjust to them and all that. I think he's legit. I think he's going to be a 40 home run guy every year. I, I really He's got 20-some already, and I think I think he's going to be a great player. Okay. Mets are lucky to have him. Yeah, they are. I mean, it, uh, the porch that they have at that ballpark is really helping him out, and he's padding his stats a little bit on that. Well, they, um, they still have a big ballpark, though, so the fact that he's crushing them in City Field, which isn't as big as it used to be. They had brought the fences. Yeah. But that's still pretty amazing. It's like hitting that in, like, in uh, Safeco or something, mm-hmm. or AT&T. All right, so the, I'll give you mine later on on the on our on the podcast later on to, in the season when I have when I've got everything all in front of me and everything like that. Or but you, that if you crunch the numbers after I crunch the numbers and I get everything down, but Nick's on the right page with what I have. I mean, right now, if you looked at it on my list right now, I have I have Trout as my MVP. I also have Bellinger as as my as my MVP as well too. Um, and I do agree with him on on manager of the year, with uh, with with Bell from the from the Reds and and Buscemi from from the from the Twins. Cy Young. For me, it's a little too early still because of how the ball has been moving right. and how high the DRAs have been. I can't really. There's not one player, one pitcher that's been like, oh my god, I gotta stop and watch right. this yeah. guy pitch because. It could be a no hitter any at any time, but um, yeah, uh, it, it, for me it's it, it's going to be interesting to see how the second half runs and how we get to the playoffs. But for me, Nick, one of my final questions to you is this: of the teams that we have right now that are division leaders, the Yankees, the Astros, the Twins, and then you have the wild card being Tampa Bay and and, and Cleveland. In the National League, you have Atlanta, the Cubs, the Dodgers, and the wild card teams being either Milwaukee or St. Louis. I mean, Milwaukee and Washington, excuse me. Of those teams, who do you think is of the? If you had to pick three teams that are that could be in the in the World Series and win the World Series, who do you think it is? Oh, I think in the American League, the best team is could be the Yankees. Um, I think the two best teams in the American League, I think the ALCS will probably be New York and Houston. But the Twins could surprise us, like we said, but I think it's going to be New York and Houston for the American League ALCS. For the National League ALCS, I think it's going to be the Dodgers, and it could be the could be the Bravos. If the Cubs, if the Cubs get their act together, they could be in there. But as of today, I would say those four. Those four? Yeah. I think, like I, I said, I think it's the three teams that could win the World Series this year. The Dodgers, okay. the Yankees, and the Astros. Right. I can, those, I can, those three teams. I agree with that. And, but, like I said, we we, we, we played the game. We, we talked the game on paper. They, the players played on the field, of course. Anything could, anything could change. But of what we've seen so far, those are the three teams that I see. I could see... I could see Atlanta 
being one of those teams that could shake things up, especially if they get on a hot run, they get into the playoffs with that hot run, and they play, I don't know, they they play in that first round and it's between Atlanta and, and the Dodgers. They could honestly shake the Dodgers up because of how old, how not old the Dodgers are, but how, you know, they have played longer. Yeah. yeah, and remember the Braves got bounced in the first round last year. So they, they've they've gone through they have playoff experience from last year and they know what it's like to lose. Losing sometimes is okay for young teams because it kinda gives them kind of, you know, uh, a reality check. Now they're more prepared. Now they know what to expect. And yeah, if they run into the Dodgers, they absolutely could knock them out in the first round. But I guess we'll have to, uh, wait and see. We'll have to wait and see and see what happens. And we are both in agreement. I think that that I, we don't think that Boston's going to repeat. Right. I, I agree. Boston's not going to repeat. Um, I know a lot of Fenway fans will be will be sad about that, but I I I just don't see it happening. And and the way that they've been performing and playing lately. I I just don't I just don't see it. I say Red Sox fans, send us your hate tweets. Yeah, send us the hate tweets is at all Andy Elford and at Nicky Gray for that one. So um, let's hear it. Yeah, let us hear it because I I just don't think that the Red Sox are gonna repeat. And I I honestly think where they're at right now is probably where they're gonna stay. Yeah, they're, I mean they're still a good team. Let's, they're a great let, team. Let's, let's don't get not, me wrong. Yeah, but, but, but the division, the division that they're in, when you have the powerhouse of the Yankees and you have a, a well-run a, race, race team, team, yeah, I, it's, it's tough. I and, mean, if they were in the if they were in the Central, oh, they'd run, they'd over. run it over. Yeah. They run it over, plain and simple. But it's 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 the fact that you're playing in that division and you're not getting the pieces. To get on the fi- on the front, I love yeah. Mo- I love Mookie Betts. I love oh, ben every Benintendi, Benintendi and everything like that. I love the way that they are doing it, but I just don't see them repeating. Right, and let's and let's not excuse either the fact that if they make the wild card, which I don't think they will, but if they did, they could still. I mean, they're still a good team. They could get in there and, and run away with it, but I just I don't think they make the playoffs. Period. No, they're not. That's why my doubts are there. There's doubts. Now, Your doubts are strongly there, and, and we're we're both in agreement on it. Yeah. And that that might be a sign that you know it might be. Oh, we might have a crow in our face in October. Yeah, October when it comes around, and we're and we're sitting here and. Me and my Tigers hat and just cross crosses ever and you and you and your White Sox and you're just typing up the blog posts and everything like that. It'd be it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, so you're going back to your blogs. Yes. I like I like to hear that. We're gonna. I know all our listeners are gonna be um, following those things. We'll be following you on Twitter again at Nick F. Ebray, of course, for all his baseball stats and everything, baseball information and everything like that. Um. Yeah. Anything I'll, else you want to plug or anything like that? Yeah, on the blog, um, when I was doing uh, the baseball hipster, I was doing about two, three posts a week. This time with the more, where I work full time now and everything else going on, it, I'll, I'll try and do a weekly, either a weekly post or maybe like every like ten days, something okay. like that. Just you know enough to keep it. Kind of like what I'm doing with this podcast. Right, so we're, yeah. do, we're doing once a week, but this week, of course, a little different because of the marathon classic right. happening. Really. But um. Yeah, it is. Um, one of my favorite memories. We're gonna, we're gonna go down a little bit of memory lane. Is that we did we did all we did Andy and Money, in 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 your room back in the day, yeah. and we did it in front of a laptop. Yeah. And we did it with with two headsets and and my software system that I had to 
budgeted it all out and I remember running the other day I was on my Twitter and I was just cruising through and I accidentally hit my face and it typed up the second screen name popped up it says Andy and Money I'm like oh, oh man yeah. I remember the Twitter remember the Twitter when we would plug the show and you uh, said that account could not follow Colin Coward yeah I know because we followed every major Dude, American sports broadcaster reporter and Andy said no not Colin Coward not that smug SOB <laughs> that was so unfair <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, or as I call him, Colin Blowhard. But but that's that's another story for for another day. But um, Nick, it's been a pleasure to be to have you on the program tonight. Of course, uh, again, follow Nick on Twitter. It is at Nick of Ebre. And uh, how's that spelled again, Nick? N i c k o f y p r e s. And we'll post the link on our on this show on the on the. On the on the description to his stuff, as well as onto his 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 defunct blog post as well too, and we'll we'll keep you updated on on the news on the new stuff. But uh, it is uh it has been truly a pleasure to have you on the program, Nick. It is um uh, best best of luck for the rest of the season. Hopefully, we'll have you back on. Of course, we're gonna have him back on come towards October once we get the seasons done. We'll look at everybody's everybody's uh division races and see how i have the envelope upstairs of course written down of who i have picked to win it all still sticking with my pick of course and um now we'll see what happens nick it's been a pleasure thanks for having me i'd love to be on the football preview show too oh yeah we'll have you on the football preview show we'll have um we'll also have probably uh another broadcaster that i want i like to have on as well too so um it, it has been truly a pleasure. You've been listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, thank you for tuning into the program tonight. It has been truly a pleasure. And as always, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life, keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, to my teams, the Tigers and the Indians and the Mudhens and the White Sox and the Reds, victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great evening and a great rest of the second half of the season. Enjoy it. This has been Ollie Andy Alford. That was good. The one with that uh, hit the air. Oops.